If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. We all know real life can suck sometimes, and your boss accidentally seeing you in your underpants on Zoom last week doesn't help any. That's why reluctantly codependent sisters, the Shira and Rashalia, keep you enthralled and in stitches every week with their podcast, Legendary Africa. Every Monday and Friday, we take you on a journey of mythical lands, magical objects, and monstrous creatures, both ancient and modern. Find Legendary Africa on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever you feed your ears. And remember, stay safe, stay sexy, and stay legendary. Hello and welcome to the Monster Legends Podcast. I'm your host, Tanner, and in this episode is the Monster Legends of Baltimore. But first, like with most episodes, we'll start with talking about the hit of the release world from History.com. The first of the original 13 states to ratify the federal constitution, Delaware occupies a small niche in the Boston, Washington, D.C. urban corridor along the Middle Atlantic seaboard. It is the second smallest state in the country and one of the most densely populated. The state is organized into three counties from north to south, Newcastle, Kent, and Sussex, all established by 1682. Its population, like its industry, is concentrated in the north around Wilmington, where the major coastal highways and railways pass through from Pennsylvania and New Jersey on the north and east to Maryland on the south and west. The rest of the state compromises the northern northeastern corner of the south of the Dunmarva Peninsula, where Delaware shares Maryland and Virginia, hence its name. Most state government operations are located in Dover, the capital. Delaware became a state on December 7, 1787. The capital of Delaware is Dover. There, according to a 2010 census, there is 897,934 people in Delaware. Delaware is 2,489 square miles in area. Delaware is nicknamed the First State, the Dime State, Blue Hen State, Small Wonder. The state motto in Delaware is Liberty and Independence. The state tree is American Holly. The state flower is the Peach Blossom. The state bird is the Blue Hen. The facts of Delaware. The first European colony in the Delaware Valley was established by Swedish settlers uh, in 1638. Between 16... 
1998-1999, a sentence of these early colonists constructed Old Sweets Church, also known as Holy Trinity Church, which is one of the oldest houses of worship in America still in use. According to legend, Delaware was nicknamed the Dime State because Thomas Jefferson referred to it as Jewel among the states due to its prime location on the East seaboard. The first bathing beauty pageant in which consensus completed for a title of Miss United States took place in a Rehoboth Beach in 1880 as a way to attract business during its summer festival. Inventor Thomas Edison was one of the Kansas chump judges. Big pageant. After the onset of World War II, several concrete observation towers ranging between 39 and 75 feet tall were structured along Delaware's coast to protect the bay and coastal towns from German warships. 11 towers remain in Delaware and two remain in Cape May, New Jersey. Delaware is home to more horseshoe crabs than anywhere else in the world. Mostly unchanged for the past 300 million years, these living fossils were collected by Native American Indians for food and used as, as fertilizer, a practice that was passed along to the early colonial settlers and continued until the 1960s. Currently used in biomedical research, horseshoe crabs have played an invaluable role in studying the human eye and detecting bacteria and drugs. Over the years, Delaware has been called the uh, Indigo Chemical Capital and RD Artico uh, and ID Code, the corporate capitals, something like this. Hi everyone, it's Tanner. So I want you to, I want you to know where you can listen to the Monster Legends Podcast. You can listen to the Monster Legends Podcast, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Anchor, Spotify, and Breaker. Thank you for listening. Also, before I go, you can follow podcast. You can join the Facebook group at Monsters Podcast or follow on Twitter at Monsters. You may also, if you have any stories or anything or questions or anything, you can send an email at MonsterLensPodcast at gmail.com. Oh, anyway, let's go next. Let's go to the monster. Here for the monster. I found this is one I found by uh, Adam Bennett. It was never 13,008pinebarroninstitute.com. The fence barrel dog. When it comes to investigating cryptic creatures, the investigative camps are usually split in two sides. Those who believe these creatures are strictly flesh and blood, and those who feel they possess a more supernatural. Typically, the creatures they fall into a specific category are easy to sort, but every so often, you get a creature that hangs out equally on both sides. These are the creatures where those lucky enough to have seen them scribe laying eyes on what appear to be a solid flesh and blood creature, but one that has also seemingly possessed the ability to appear like a ghost. These types of cryptids generally leave the eyewitnesses in a state of shocking confusion rather than typical shock and awe that usually follows a cryptid sighting. But while many of these double camp cryptids can typically be explained and sorted into one specific side by thorough research into the folklore and legends surrounding a specific creature is seen, others are just accepted as being a strange hybrid being caught between somewhere both cryptozoological and supernatural spectrum. Oftentimes, cryptids such as Mothman Flatwoods, Monster, Dover Demon, or the Thunderbird will be found within this double camp list. And depending on who you talk to, Dogman and Sasquatch could also be found here. But be careful when bringing this up, as those camps have heard have hard lines drawn in the sand, and some groups may not take colonies to say these fringe. But when it comes down to it, you must sort these creatures into categories for whatever reason. One creature, it seems, is fully accepted as being a true hybrid between the two groups. This creature is described throughout various cultures and has been recorded in historical documents going back hundreds of years. This beast is known by many names depending on where you plant roots and call home, but typically it is referred to by its most common descriptive name and that name is simply Black Dog. While the majority of black dogs are believed to be an omen of misfortune and impending death, 
Others are thought to be protectors of those who need a little spiritual help. Some are described as being vicious and guards of certain locations, while others are thought to be escorts of recently departed. There is no real method to pinning down what these creatures truly are, as no two are described the same. These black dogs are all over the map, both figuratively and literally speaking. So when it comes to trying to figure out what exactly they are, it's best to focus slowly on one at a time and go from there. Is that the way of th thinking about us to black dog known, known as to the black dog known as the fence rail dog? The legend of the of the fence rail dog originates in the state of Delaware and focuses on a particular stretch of road on Highway 12, Mid-State Road to be exact, which passes through the town of Fredrika and Felton. Thought to be reported since the early turn of the century, this black dog gets its name from appearing to stand as tall as a common fence rail, which is roughly around 4 feet at the shoulder. The fence rail dog is also <laughs> said to be nearly 10 feet long from the tip of the nose to the tip of its bushy tail. But this, this description changes greatly depending on what story you are listening to. Along with the sterling height and length, the fence rail dog is believed to possess the same red eyes that often come with these ghost dog stories, and it is said to be incredibly fast, oftentimes keeping pace with passing cars. It has been described as neither passive or aggressive, but rather assertive and aware. It is said to be to mostly keep on it to itself, to just watch the road when not running alongside it. Now that we have established what the dog looks like and what characteristics it's believed to have, let's look into where legend says dog comes from. Says where dog comes. As with most local folklore, depending on who you talk to, determines what story you hear. And the lore surrounding the French rail dog is no different. One legend claims the French rail dog is the spirit of an outlaw who committed suicide after being surrounded in his home by local authorities. Rather than go to jail, the man chose to end his own life. And because of this, its spirit came back as a ventral black dog. Another goes on to say that the dog is the eternal spirit of a young slave boy who was killed by his abusive owner and his body was desecrated and disposed of near the site of the Highway 12. The dog now comes back and roams the area as if looking for a final resting place to put his soul at peace. Finally, there is a legend that says that the fence rail dog is the actual ghost of a dog who came back to Zack its revenge for the murder of its owner. The story claims that when alive, the dog belonged to a kind man who was the landlord of a boarding house. While dealing with an angry and violent tenant one day, the landlord was murdered and his body was chopped up, ground into fine chunks, and fed to his loyal dog. After being forced to consume the meat of its owner, the dog was then killed by the tenant and his body was left to rot in the woods around the home. Soon after that, the dog returned to the area as a spectral black dog and set out to attack all those who have soon do harm to others. Now, while all the legends above are fun to read and tell around a campfire. Where does the truth of Prince Rail Dog come from? Well, nobody knows exactly when the dog was first spotted. It is known that it was most often seen running inside Highway 12, most often reported as being seen on rainy nights or just before a storm was set to arrive. The witnesses, witnesses of the Prince Rail Dog claimed it looked like an oversized black wolf, but others who were lucky enough to see it swore that it had an overall body shape and general characteristics of a hyena, just more larger and darker in color. The right there, right there, the descriptions given by this second group of witnesses are what allowed this particular black dog to cross from the realm of supernatural into the realm of the cryptozoological. This type of information is exactly what cryptids look for when investing unknown animals. A typo, sir. Because when you have information such as this, even if it is just a quick blurb, nothing else, you are able to start building the groundwork in order to match it with something seen elsewhere in the years past. You see, in the world of cryptozoology, there is an animal known as the 
Shunka Warwickan. This creature was first described in an article in 1977 in a story which it made it famous and told of an unknown wolf-like dog that strangely resembled a hyena. The story goes that during the 1880s in Montana, a dark-colored beast that resembled a mix between a wolf and a hyena was shot at while chasing geese on a ranch near the Madison River. Whoa. While the Shunka Warwickan managed to escape, near shot, it took its chances and returned to the ranch a few days later. Other ranches in that are also reported the creature has been trespassing on their property and also tried to kill their smaller sized livestock. Everyone who managed to get a look at the Shunka Warwickan described it as being almost Almost completely black in color, having high shoulders, and possessing a bag that sloped down like that of a hyena. The creature was ultimately sh shot and killed this, sec this second time around in late January and was later stuffed and put on display in Idaho. Now, while this, this particular creature unfortunately met its minds at the end of a gun, other possible specimens have been and still are being encountered in modern times. Signings of this strange wolf hyena looking hybrid have been reported from all over North America. In 1991, several eyewitnesses reported seeing a large creature resembling a hyena in Alberta Wildlife Park near Legal Alberta, Canada. In 1995, cryptozoologist Lauren Coleman was told of a creature that the Native American Hawaii tribe referred to as the Shunko Warkin, which translates to carrier carries off dogs, resembles a large hyena and was seen in Idaho and Montana. In 2005, a strange wolf-like creature with a sloped back was spotted killing livestock in Montana. 2015, three sightings of a large hyena-looking creature took place in Iowa, and a fourth sighting was made in 2017. Along with these sightings, other encounters have been made with the beasts in Nebraska, Illinois, and other parts of Canada as well. So, even though the Vanstrail dog is reported to have been seen since the turn of the century, even though it is typically associated with ghost stories, could there, could there be a real possibility that what the witnesses were actually seeing was a shunker workup that they had taken a presence in the area? While the descriptions are not identical, they are close enough to warrant a strong look at the possibility of these two creatures being one and the same. Red eyes, often thought to be proof of the ghost side of the French dog, could actually be eye shine from passing headlights, and the startling height could possibly be treated to seeing the high shoulders of the Shunko Warka quickly as it passed by. Not to mention, if the Shunko Warka really is some sort of hyena hybrid, the high speeds at which the witnesses saw the creature running outside the road was, could possibly be explained as well, seeing as how nor normal hyena can run at speeds up to 37 miles per hour. It is a speed seemed a hybrid could run as fast, if not faster. Well, it is fun to think about all the what-ifs and crazy scenarios and theories when it comes to these double map, double camp creatures. One must always remember that legend and stories originate from somewhere, and that's a fact. At one point in time, somewhere, someone more than likely did what something that led to the creation of these creatures' tales. Got something had been in the flesh and blood cryptids known as a Shunko Warkin, or was it truly a ghostly black dog that has sent it to tether itself to the specific area for some unknown reason? Nobody knows, and in the end, that's what and that's what ultimately makes the mystery mystery fun. Now, a final word, a warning to all who if you ever find yourself driving down high between Pedrica and Felton in Delaware, you know, keep an extra waffle, watchful eye out on the road in front of you because you never know if this is the time that the large unknown animal running inside your window is going to run out in front of you to pass right through the pond barrier. Hi everyone, it's Tanner. So I want you to, want you to know where you can listen to the Monster Legends Podcast. You can listen to the Monster Legends Podcast, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Anchor, Spotify, and Breaker. Thank you for listening. Also, for a 
go. You can follow podcast. You can join the Facebook group at Monsterless Podcast or follow on Twitter at Monsterless. You may also, if you have any stories or anything or questions or anything, you can send an email at monsterlandspodcast at gmail.com. That's the next one. It's a little bit small. Next monster is called the Deer Man from the Deer Man is a cryptid whose legend originates in folklore of North America. Signs of the Deer Man have been reported from several U.S. states, although there are some variations in the Christian given. A hybrid animal, Deer Man has the antlered head of a great stag, a human torso, and legs described as similar to the, either those of a man or deer. In addition, it is usually said to be well muscled and surprisingly fast for its size. Others counts give this great the beast with the power to transform itself from a regular deer into the form described above. Uh, here's a signing from Delaware. Another account from an, at, from an at the time eight year old witness, again unnamed, who was staying with his grandparents at their home in the Woodland States. This is the eight account. It was right there, like almost pressed against the window in profile. I stared in awe, and that is when it changed into one smooth movement. It reared up on its high legs and was no longer a deer, but a man. There were only two men in the area, my grandmother, my grandfather, and my dad. And it's clearly neither, not sure if that made it, made it better or worse. Grandfather was very built for his age. Dad had a gut. The silhouette was clearly younger, muscular, that like a brick way my grandfather was. It excluded ooted strength and it scared the hell out of me. Scared it, stared to the side for a moment and then shot off with purpose. Looking back, I want, I want to tell myself it was just my... Just the imagination of a half awake child, but I remember the awe and the utter fear I felt when a deer changed. Hi, everyone, it's Tanner. So, I want you to you know where you can listen to the Monster Legends podcast. You can listen to the Monster Legends podcast, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Anchor, Spotify, and Breaker. Thank you for listening. Also, before I go, you can follow podcast, you can join the Facebook group at Monster Legends Podcast. Or follow on Twitter at Monster. You may also, if you have any stories or anything, or questions or anything, you can send an email at monsterlandspodcast at gmail.com. State cryptids box. It was uh, posted on September 10th, 2006. For a brief period, 1631, Dutch colonies in North America tried to establish a small settlement named Zwijndel along the Delaware River. Unfortunately, the colony did not last more than a year before it. It was destroyed in skirmish with local Native Americans. Despite its brief existence, Swindell is credited as the first non-European settlement in the region that would become Delaware in the 300th anniversary of its founding, of its founding, commemorated the creation of the Swindell Museum. Despite its name, the museum focused on its, not on the ill-fated colony, but on the entire history of southeastern Delaware as a whole. There are exhibits on the ecology of the river estuary. Local history, particularly the British attack on the city of Luz in the War of 1812, and the lighthouses of the region. The museum also houses a strange little crust, a modified mermaid, in its own blue velvet lined glass case. The mermaid was given to the prominent Martin family, city of Luz, built on the site of the vanished Dutch colony by a sea captain. In 1941, the mummy was permanently lent to the museum until 1985. The locals bought the creature for the Martins estate to ensure that it remained a permanent fixture of the museum. The Zundela mermaid bears little resemblance to classic image of these aquatic beings as attractive women with fish tails, a wide toothy mouth, and large rigid eyes sockets dominate simian face. Its hands are clawed like a reptile's. Its torso is covered in bony ridges. Its skin and scales are an ashy gray-black. On top of all that, that creature is small 
no more than a foot or so in length. It bears a much closer resemblance to its cousin, the Fiji mermaid, made famous by P.T. Barnum. Both creatures are, of course, clever taxidermy specimens akin to jackalopes, jenny, hanovers, or fur-bearing trouts. They're also a part of a larger tradition of taxidermal monsters that have their roots in 18th century Japan. Misena Mono were a popular type of carnival in Old Edo, modern day Tokyo. They featured all manner of entertainment, actors, storytellers, exotic animals, local craftsmen, which were believed to bring good luck and fortune to attendees. One of the most unusual sights at the Misena Mono were the bodies of mermaids or ingot. Unlike the beautiful mermaids of Europe and the, Mediter and the Mediterranean, Ningo were more monstrous and fish-like. In Japanese legends, even the flesh of one of these creatures were said to grant renewed youth and immortality. To retain this delicacy often leads to dire consequences. Ningo cursed those who killed her kin, could even destroy entire towns with hurricane and tsunami. Despite the risk, it was still popular to display the modified Ningyo the carnivals in the hopes that at least a little of the cover Youth and longevity would rub off on attendees without requiring them to actually eat the creature's flesh. If a mermaid was too hard to come by, a tax determined substitute certainly could hurt, wouldn't hurt. Thus, there developed a cottage industry of fishermen constructing ingyo out of the bodies of fish and small monkeys dressed up with paper mache, wood, and liqueur. The, the ubiquity of fake ningua meant that, inevitably, more than a few of them would make their way overseas. Brought home as curiosities by sailors from America and Europe, where folklore behind the creatures was lost, leaving them blank slants upon which others could write their own mythology. Nyongo are actually one category of manufactured Japanese monsters. Modified Oni, Kappa, Tengu, and other yokai were also common created as carved attractions. Some of them end up at Buddhist temples, perhaps to add a bit of changeability to supernatural. Gajin, Gajin, help me. Hi everyone, it's Tanner. So I want you to you know where you can listen to the Monster Legends Podcast. You can listen to the Monster Legends Podcast, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Anchor, Spotify, and Breaker. Thank you for listening. Also, before I go, you can follow podcast. You can join the Facebook group at Monster Legends Podcast or follow on Twitter at Monster Legends. You may also, if you have any stories or anything or questions or anything, you can send an email at Monster Legends Podcast at gmail.com. So, uh, Little thing I found some folklore monsters, folklore and myths, Indians of Delaware and surrounding. The book of the Wallam Olam, a book of Delaware Indian mythology, pictographs discovered by the European centric C.S. Refugee's name. Sorry, why well, you're beef. It contains many pictures and stories written in original Delaware Indian script from which the book was derived. Note to Elmer, this is the obvious fake. Ah, uh, Kenta Niat, the great spirit and creator god, sometimes awful. Also referred to as Shlomo Kono, Creator, or Kaneshi Patomo, Great God. Some stories personify the Great Spirit as a human being interacting with the Indians. Other men treat quit as a divine spirit with no human form or Mahatan. The Manitou, Spirit of Death, a destructive and often, and often evil being, usually in opposition. Therefore, Indians refuse to share tribal stories. Uh, Mai, Coyote, key figure in Navajo mythology. Often referenced in Delaware Indian folklore, he is a shadowy figure, can be funny, fearsome, greedy, vain, foolish, and cunning. However, his greed and vanity is always his downfall. He is always in by Moscow. Moscow. Rabbit. The benevolent hero of the Delaware Indian, sometimes referred to as Transformer by folklorists, due to his ability to assume various human forms and sizes at will. Although he is considered a trickster, he is also seen as a benevolent, exposes moral failings, and leaves cryptic messages to 
help solve problems that might plague good people. Whenever my coach to cause serious problems, Muscum is always there to thwart his efforts, both ingenious and comical. Nanop also known as Crazy Jack, Nanapush, a crazy and lazy character. He'll ride horses backwards, walk naked during severe snowstorms, and otherwise always act contrary to his circumstances. He often finds himself in serious peril, but always escapes through a combination of moments of intuitive wisdom and good luck. Uh, Mexican, the mass spirit, a spirit of the woods, well versed in the knowledge of powerful and sacred medicine. He's often depicted as a tail, as a tall and muscular hair covered man that can only become invisible, cannot only become invisible at will, but also raise the memory of those that happen to see him. Are you Bigfoot? What? What? Oh my god! You must be Bigfoot! Oh, okay. Mexican, uh, underwater horned serpent, common, said to lurk in large lakes, humans. Flooded are underwater panthers, powerful mythological creatures, sometimes like a cross between a cougar and a dragon. They are dangerous monsters to live in deep water and cause men and women to drown. The Zero Indians refuse to share travel stories or the underwear pants. Uh, Piquet can't, sorry. Uh, also known as Thunderbeans, Piquetok are powerful storm spirits that live in the sky. Thunderbirds, here we go, cause thunder and lightning. They're usually depicted as giant birds. Yeah, Thunderbird, uh, giant birds, sometimes with human head. Heads and other human attributes. Thunder beings are dangerous, are dangerous spirits who sometimes kill people with their powers, but they are also sworn enemies of the horned serpents and sometimes rescue people from those monsters. Uh, women to magical little people of the forest. Similar to other folklore descriptions of sprites and dwarfs, there are much, uh, some generally benevolent creatures, although they can be dangerous if they are disrespected. The Utikunas are into the Antichoke ancestors of the Delaware Indians in the specific histor historical time period. Entering the Antichoke traditions around 1200, but following the folklore roughly 200 years. Uh, Mule, a man-eating giant of the Antichoke local. Similar to the Wendigo of the Delaware Indian tribe, the Mule shares many of the same aspects of the Wendigo regarding savage murder of evildoers, except that it is a solitary beast that lives in the woods rather than an individual that was cursed and transformed into a Wendigo. The Delaware Indian refused to share tribal stories of Wendigo, a terrible beast occupied by terrible icy winds and snow. It's said that an evil man, in particular one that practices cannibalism, is transformed into the into a Wendigo. The Wendigo is initially somewhat lost and stumbles upon its victim. However, as it could kill, lust and rage when it grows, eventually driving the beast into a ramp. The Delaware Indians are to share a tribal story, a giant hairless uh, Yakwa. Giant hairless bear monster. Associated with ancient mammoths, Yakua is said to be the grandfather of the bison and is therefore referred to as a great spirit and brought through the sacrifices of his own life. Hi everyone, it's Tanner. So I want you to, want you to know where you can listen to the Monster Legends Podcast. You can listen to the Monster Legends Podcast, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Anchor, Spotify, and Breaker. Thank you for listening. Also, before I go, you can follow the podcast. You can join the Facebook group at Monster Legends Podcast or follow on Twitter at Monster Legends. You may also, if you have any stories or anything or questions or anything, you can send an email at monsterlandspodcast at gmail.com. The Selby Bill Swamp Monster, Shore Brenda, May 27th, 2004. Since the early, ah, since the early 1960, legend has it is it that a grotesque creature known as the Selby Swamp Monster lurks in the murky terrain of the Great Cypress Swamp in Selbyville, Delaware. Whether you believe in the legends or not, there may be a more obvious explanation to the fabled tale. Over four years, 40 years ago, Ralph Graffres, the British editor of the Del the Marvel News, willingly admitted to creating the hoax, producing the story of a monster who inhabited the Cypress Swamp. He went, even went so far as to have a friend dressed up and play the role of the Yeti-like creature. The costume was made by the actor Fred Stevens, his aunt Dorothy's old raccoon hat. 
scary mask, and club. Stevens would hide in the swallows of the woods and jump out at passing cars on Route 54. A local legend soon unfolded. The two held on to the hoax for years. This alleged bee sightings spread like wildfire around central Sussex County. A photo of the Selbyville Swamp Monster. He made the front page of Delmarva News on April 23, 1964. It wasn't long before several other local news agents got a hold of the story fueling the monster frenzy. Stevens, then 26, even went as far as participating in a hunt to locate the animate creature of the Great Cypress Swamp. Frank continued for months until eventually Stevens feared for his own safety. However, it wasn't until 23 years later, in 1987, Stevens revealed his hidden role in the secret he and Ralph Graferfrost had kept for so many years. Oh, <laughs> All late, reticence continued to report signs of a monster even after Stevens ceased the raide. Even stranger is the fact that Stevens hasn't placed a soldier monster since 1964, leading some still to believe that a creature rambles the woods of the Great Cypress Swamp. So are we sure Sylvieville Swamp Monster was highly a hoax? Sunsbury author Andy Nunez referenced the whole local swamp monster in his book, Mystery City. Although many believe the rumors have been dismissed, Nunez and many other local Eastern Shore natives won't be rolling out of the possibility anytime soon. In fact, strange sightings happening in the swamp reported long before Stephen and Ralph Graffroth swindled. Graf in 1920, a couple of hunters reported hearing loud inhuman screaming followed by sounds of something very large and heavy racing towards racing towards. So, is it possible there really may be a little bird of Monsters roaming foggy shadows of the great cypress. Shore natives may never know, but regardless, we suspect that they will live on. Hi everyone, it's Tanner. So I want you to, I want you to know where you can listen to the Monster Legends Podcast. You can listen to the Monster Legends Podcast, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Anchor, Spotify, and Breaker. Thank you for listening. Also, before I go, you can follow podcast. You can join the Facebook group at Monster Legends Podcast. Or follow on Twitter at Monster. You may also, if you have any stories or anything, or questions or anything, you can send an email at monsterlinspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of Monster Legend Podcast. Or to find more information about Monster Legend Podcast, go to monsterlegendpodcast.com or anchor.fm forward slash monsterlegendpodcast. There you can find all episodes and platforms on which the podcast is on, which you can describe, subscribe to. You also can email me with questions that will be answered on the show. Thank you. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.